Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. I am so glad you are with me again. I am, if you've been following this show, you might know that I am an unemployed digital marketer and e-commerce strategist. Um, so uh, I'm today on the show, I'm going to give you a little update about, uh, or give you some thoughts, some candid thoughts about what it has been like to be thinking about my next steps in the current job market as it currently is. And I'm going to do this as a two episode series. Um, one of them sort of for job seekers, people who are thinking about what their next steps are. And then on the other side, um, some reflections for companies to be thinking about uh, what does it what does it feel like from, from the perspective of somebody looking for a job um, and thinking about what's next to, uh, to present yourself in a way that's attractive for talent that you want to acquire. So, uh, so the job seeker side, the company side, I'm going to start with the job seeker side, give you a little sense of kind of um, where I'm thinking about things. At the time of recording this, I actually don't know when it'll be released, but at the time of recording this, I still have not made a decision about my own next steps um, in the process of thinking all of that through. Um, so this is, this is, as always, as real time as possible. I hope this will be some help to you. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in. So I've been um, looking now um, for, I've been, I've been poking around thinking about my next steps for the better part of a month. Um, kind of started thinking about what would be next for me uh, just as I was wrapping up at 4x400 in terms of my responsibilities there um, and, uh, and started thinking about what I wanted to do next. Uh, and I'm actually going to record another episode later sort of reflecting on the job, the CEO job, because that definitely plays in here. And I'll have more to say about that in a minute. Um, but as I, as I started, as, as it became clear to me that I would be moving on from, uh, from 4 out 400, I, I also just started thinking about kind of where I wanted to go next, began to think about what I want, as well as start taking a few little calls, um, you know, kind of right after my last couple of days, I had a couple of calls lined up and, uh, and, and just beginning to explore the market. And the, and the first thing I'll say is that um, in the e-commerce world, I see sort of four different ways you can go. Um, one of them that I really haven't explored very much is sort of um, enterprise, right? Just like go work in e-commerce for a giant company. Uh, that's not a lot of interest to me. So I really haven't explored that very much, but that might be to you. I'll just say out front here that if you are running an enterprise level or if you are working at a high level in an enterprise level company, this may feel a little less relevant to you than, than for some others. I, I don't really know because um, I, I didn't explore it. Um, on the other hand, um, there are sort of in the broader e-com world that I see there, I see at least sort of like th three major ways that you could go right now. Uh, one, and, and one of them is the brand side. So you can go look for a brand. Um, another one is the agency side. And, uh, and then the third one I kind of think of is right in the middle, which is the aggregator uh, type of business. Um, the aggregator has elements of both, um, an agency and an individual brand. And, and so you maybe get a little bit of the best of both worlds or maybe the worst of both worlds, who knows? Uh, so 4 400 is, is the kind of company that's an aggregator. If you're new to this, well, that's what, that's, that's what I mean. It's a, uh, a company that's like a roll-up company for, um, that has a whole bunch of brands. So, uh, so yeah, so those are kind of the three options. And I would say that in any of those cases, um, this, I, what I'm about to say, I think basically applies. If those are the three, three, places that you're going. I think this works for all of it. Though I'll have a couple reflections on each of those individually. So I have um, six uh, observations about 
what it is like to be looking for a job in growth, in e-commerce. I think what most of my listeners are kind of in the world of um, right now. So um, the first, and so I'm going to give you those six observations. The first of them is the supply and demand. And I know this from being on the hiring side of this as well. And of course, I've had that perspective for all of this before. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so the first I'll say is the supply and demand for high quality growth talent um, is massively in favor uh, of those on the supply side. Um, and that immediately, that sentence immediately um, highlights something that I think is can be easy to miss. My, my guess is most of the kinds of people who would listen to this show will, will intuit this sort of instinctively, but that your job um, skills are um, a, a good or service, in your case, a service in a marketplace. And there is supply and demand in that marketplace. And like all markets, uh, supply and demand, like all markets that behave anywhere near rationally, which is actually not all markets, but uh, like like a, like most rational markets, um, right? Uh, like most markets that are rational, um, the supply and demand is setting the is setting the uh, cost of the service. Um, and right now, and I I think this is probably something that will last for a long time, if not forever. The demand side for high quality growth talent is very high. And the supply side is limited. And like all supply and demand relationships like that, that drives the price of the supply up. Um, and so the reason I make that observation is because if you particularly are somebody who, whether you're young in your career or mid-career or whatever, um, I want you to consider that learning, spending the time to deeply understand as best as possible and to have a meaningful way in which you can contribute to the growth of e-commerce businesses. And I'll just speak for that sector, though I imagine this applies actually to pretty much any sector in the world. Um, if you can grow a business, if you can meaningfully contribute to that, whether it's as a total, you know, sort of e-commerce lead, or if it's an email marketer or a paid ads person, or even as a designer or, or content creator, if you can deeply understand um, or understand as best as possible how to be a real part of growing businesses, growing e-commerce brands, right? Then the demand for your talent will be high. And so I say that because what I want you to recognize is that that will drive up your ability to, to um, drive your compensation. So, so, so learn as best as you can how you fit into that if you are considering it. Do whatever you need to do to do that. Uh, because growth talent, there is need for it everywhere. And, and I'll just, and so, yeah, so, and I have seen this over and over again on the hiring side, as well as in my own pursuit, you know, it's really rare that I've talked to somebody who's like, nah, we're not really looking for any help in e-commerce growth. It just is, it just it barely exists. Everybody needs it. And that drives the ability. So know that going in. And that leads to number two, which is know your worth in that market. Um, I, I think this is one of the best things that I can tell you. And it, um, you know, in my early career, I had some great relationships uh, that helped me get going in e-commerce, and um, I value those so much still. Uh, and so, in the beginning days of this, I, I wasn't really even trying to go max out my <laughs> compensation, and, and, I, and even still, like I think there's this question of still like knowing what I want um, in this. And I think this is a uh, an important point that I'll come back to in a second. But, um, but. If you can take multiple calls for a job, if you're at a if you're at a stopping point, a decision point in your career, and you're not sure what the very next thing you want to do is, 
Uh, You may be sure, by the way, there may be some relationships or a brand or a company where you just desperately want to go work there for any number of reasons. And it might not even be about compensation. So that's, that's fine, right? But if you're not totally sure, one of the best things you can do is slow down as long as you have not sort of, um, you know, as long as your personal finances are not so strained that you can't do this, um, slow down for a second, take a step away and, um, and take more than one call and have the conversation as clearly and directly as possible and when appropriate in the call about what your compensation demands are. Um, Because that will tell you quickly whether or not you can actually get those and whether or not your sense of your your value in the market is out of whack with the total market. And it's really easy, I think, maybe out of anxiety or whatever for people to kind of go rush into the next thing. Uh, but what I'll say is don't do that. Like, go as best as you can to learn. Here's, here is where I can, you know, there's maybe 20 grand more in compensation or 10 grand more or whatever based on what I am, um, based on different companies that I'm talking to. As best as you can, as you can understand what that value is um, that you have to the market and go do that. And the way to do that primarily is to go take multiple calls. That is that is the way, um, even if they don't all offer you, it will help you uh, very clearly to understand uh, what you're worth. Uh, it, as you make your decision, that's important. Part of the reason that's important is that you actually are worth certain amounts of money um, as you provide your services. Know that when you go in. Don't undersell that uh, and and this, this is just like a human psychology to this where it's easy for people to sort of undervalue themselves or overvalue themselves or, or whatever, as best as you can to be rational about it though. And, and to say like, there is an actual supply and demand element of a market behaving a certain way for these skills. Do what you can to understand it and then behave accordingly. If you are over demanding salary, this is just as important of advice for you as if you are under demanding salary. Um, so, so take some calls, know your worth. That way, when you go into conversations and is as different comp packages come up and they do range a lot in terms of how people structure comp, you know, uh, more salary versus more upside. And this depends on the kind of business you're getting into and the stage of the business, uh, uh, you know, equity positions versus not depending on what kind of level you're coming in at. There's all kinds of different ways to structure this. Um, but all of it hopefully has some kind of a band of possibilities relative to what you're actually worth. Um, number three and very important related to that is understand what you want. So know your worth and know your desires. Um, this is this is obvious advice in one respect, but it is actually, I think, sometimes maybe the hardest thing about this process is to as is to figure out wherever you can what you actually love doing, uh, what you want to do, what you value, and where you can help as best as possible. So sort of know yourself in this process. Um, it is possible, and maybe like maybe your number one value is compensation, and so maybe you literally don't care what brand you work on and who you work with, as long as you get paid the most, because you have a personal life goal around um, around going and making a ton of money. Okay, well that's if that's true of you, um, go for it. I have my own thoughts about whether or not that's the best way to live your life, but my guess is it's not going to matter very much uh, in terms of making you feel a sense of satisfaction and work if that's if that's the thing that you actually value the most. I can't really affect your values in that, um, and and so it may be worth saying no to the highest paying thing. It may be worth building yourself uh, more upside, more equity in in terms of, uh, or, or excuse me, whether it's equity or not, more upside into your compensation package, that uh, because of 
because you actually are trying to chase a big outcome versus uh, more stability in your salary. And those things hold each other in tension, right? So, um, so understanding what you want and similarly, understanding what you love and where you can best contribute. And here's where I'll reflect at least for a moment. And I'll have more to say about this later, like I said. Um, that, you know, when I became the CEO at 4x400, it wasn't totally clear who was going to step into that role. And at the time, I think, and I think we all kind of realize this in our partnership, uh, that that it was the right next step for us, for me to t- step into that role because of where I had been at and what I wanted and what I aspired to. At that moment, I think I would have felt passed over in some way and frustrated if I didn't get a crack at that job. But what I learned from that job is that there's a lot of parts of being the CEO that I actually didn't like very much. Um, There's a lot of parts I liked and I wouldn't trade it back for anything. Like I'm so thankful for the opportunity. I'm so thankful for the time I had. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still being as helpful as I possibly can to four by 400. There's no bad blood there that I know of, right? At least there's not on my side and I don't think there's any on other sides. So it's not like it, like, it's not like, you know, that ended up being this tragic mistake and that everybody hates each other and blah, blah, blah. It's just that I learned over time that maybe what I actually love most is growth strategy and, um, and doing everything I can to try to help grow brands. And there's a tough, you know, that could work out in any of those three kinds of organizations that I mentioned. There's ways in which that could be best in an agency. There's ways that could be best in a brand. There's ways that could be best in an aggregator. But, uh, but um, I have come to learn that about myself and that there's parts of being a CEO that I really hated. Uh, like I, I just had no pleasure in investor interactions. And that has, that's, um, investor relationship building, that kind of stuff. There's That's not because our investors are bad. Our investors at 4400 are wonderful. Like they're, they're really great. And I like them a lot, you know, and, and they in many ways have been significant and helpful and have had good stuff to say about what to do um, with 4400. So it's, it's not a comment about them for one second. It's a comment about me. It's just not what I wanted to spend my time on uh, was that side of the business. What I love most is growing things. Anything that got into sort of like HR and policy making and that sort of stuff, Man, I mean that stuff is just pure work for me. Um, contract negotiations, I just don't like. I just don't. I'm not a good negotiator. I don't. I just don't like it. I don't like cre- the tension in those relationships. Some people thrive on that stuff, and they want to go negotiate and make deals all the time, whether that's with individuals and with or with M and A or whatever. But um, but that's just not what I love. And what I've come to understand about myself is that I love growing brands. It's really fun for me. Um, and I also have learned some other things about myself, which is that I, I don't want a super intense culture. I don't want, um, and I, and I do value the camaraderie and friendship of the people I work with a lot. And so as I go look around, I think about how those play in with compensation. I also don't particularly care about getting really, really rich. Um, I don't. So that means that, okay, so what does that mean for me? Now it affects the way I think about my comp structure, who I want to work with. It affects the way, um, I want to think about, uh, what kind of work I want to do. And at the end, here's my hope, that what whatever place I land is a great fit because I have taken the time to think through what I want and taken enough calls to sort of get some feel for that. There's different ways to do this, right? Part of it is sort of, you know, the normal parts of knowing yourself in life. This might mean like a therapist, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Uh, talking to my friends who I've talked to about this and my wife about this conversation, um, uh, thinking about what she wants, what she values in my job, um, which is an important part of this too, right? I don't come alone at this point in life. Um, and then um, and then at the same time, taking some calls and getting a, a feel, just like I'm trying to know my know the uh, market demand for 
uh, my services from a compensation perspective, like I said, but also as best as I can, um, getting a different feel for how people are thinking about their organizations and for what kind of work cultures they have and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that has then helped me to kind of drill down further into what it is that I'm looking for. Um, my guess is that the actual, wherever I end up will be some combination of comp, which I do value and I don't have any, I don't think there's anything wrong with valuing comp, um, mixed with, um, these other kind of softer desires in, in terms of what a culture is. And there's some amount of money I'd be willing to pay to not work um, in a culture that I hated. There is. There's some amount of money. Like, I, I've thought about this. Um, if somebody offered me a million dollars a year to work uh, 70, 80, 100 hours or something versus a couple, uh, versus $100,000 a year uh, to to work a normal schedule, I would seriously consider because I value so much the time with my family and, and some of that stuff outside of this. Um, I, I would seriously consider turning that job down for a million dollars. I don't know. I might, I might be willing to do it for a couple of years, but it would, it would take a lot of money. That Delta would have to get really big for me to be willing to do that. Um, because the value is so high for me on this other thing. And so that's the way these conversations end up working, right? Is, is that you have some element in which you price not only your services, but the rest of your life <laughs> and that, and some combination of all of those things. And you're sort of pricing your happiness and your enjoyment of the work. All of those things kind of work together. So understanding what you love. Um, and hopefully at the end of this, then I end up in a place where they really want me. I really want them and everybody's really happy. And it sets us up for a good, you know, long-term partnership where everybody's um, really excited about it and thriving together. You know, this is a predicting the future is impossible. So it may not work out still. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that, but, um, but I'm going to try and do my best to, to clarify that. At least I won't be able to say at the end of it, uh, that I had bad process and didn't know what I wanted. Um, so, okay. Two very practical pieces of advice that I want to give in this as well, that I have gotten the chance to do um, and that have benefited me greatly in this conversation. So number one was um, the supply and demand for growth, that the demand side's really high, the supply side's really low, that's good. Number two, related to that, know your worth. Number three, understand what you love. Number four, really practical, work at an agency. Uh, this is a particularly um, for those who are newer, younger in their career, mid-career somewhere, um, you know, maybe thinking about longer term, if you're, if you're aiming at an executive position at some point in your career, um, you know, you don't know where that's going to be, but you're not there yet. Um, work in an agency. And if you work in an agency, take the time to make relationships with your clients and with your teammates, go out of your way to do it, which is easier for some people than others. Um, stretch yourself to do it. Here's why I say that. There's a lot of reasons, actually. The first is working at an agency will make you better. It will make you better at your job. Um, if you can be there at all. And if the agency is any good. Okay. And the reason why um, is because you are going to get a bunch of reps against a bunch of different opportunities and you're going to see more brands and more clients and more different types of um, representatives of brands that you're interacting with, you know, the, the actual human on the client side, you're going to see different management styles, different growth strategies, all, everything from hopeful, I mean, depending on what agency you're working at, everything from, you know, CPG to apparel to uh, whatever, one time gift products. I mean, it's just, there's all kinds of different stuff that you can see. And what that allows you to do is figure out what you love, of course, but also it allows you to hone skills and learn by doing different things. So number one, it'll make you better. Um, it really will. And most, I'm, I've just 
most agency people I've been around in some ways get better because in part, somebody in leadership at that agency, is if, if they're hiring enough to hire you, um, is pretty good. And so being around them, spending time with them will also make you better. There's somebody leading that group who with uh, from whom you can learn. So for one, it'll make you good. I'll always remember when I came from Kalo as a media buyer there and I got my first, um, you know, batch of clients when I came to Common Thread Collective. And, you know, at Kalo, it had just been this wild ride where you just put up, I've said, I've told the story before, where you put up pictures of rings, say the, the headline would be silicone wedding ring as an ad on Facebook. This is like 2016 too. So Facebook is way easier. Um, and people just buy it and you just print money. And of course it's super high gross margin. And so, um, so it just worked so well that, uh, that I came in to my first batch of clients thinking, gosh, this is really easy. I am awesome at this. And then in my first batch, the best client that I had in terms of the value uh, to the company had multiple issues with it. One, it was way harder. It was not nearly as easy. It was a really different approach. Number two, it was that in that first batch, my best client and the first batch of clients I ever had was the hardest relationship I ever had to manage uh, at the agency. I would be way better at it now than I than I was then, but it was the hardest relationship I ever had to manage. This guy who was, was on the other side of this was just, um, he was rude and he was um, demanding and he was condescending and, uh, and it was really tough for me to be new. And because my skills were relatively limited, I, I, at the time, I wasn't actually that good on his account. And therefore, um, he had plenty of opportunities to be mad at me for stuff, uh, right? And that's some of it was because of who he was and like he would have been mad at anybody, you know? But I'll tell you what, that opportunity taught me so much and I don't want to do it again and I didn't like doing it at the time but that opportunity taught me so much because I had to solve the account problems and I had to solve the problem of the client um, and in the long run that kind of thinking is really really helpful okay um, so uh, so uh, so it will make you good to work in an agency, okay? But secondly, not only will it make you good, but it will give you a bunch of relationships. It will give you a whole bunch of relationships. And this is another huge, huge advantage in working in an agency. Agency, In fact, agencies have to deal with this, which is that their people get poached. Um, look, you're going to do bad. If you work in an agency and you do client work, you're going to do bad work for some clients. You are. And that's just how it goes. You're just not going to, nobody wins all the time, including the smartest people I've been around in e-commerce. They don't win all the time, okay? Um, you're also going to do some really good work for some clients. And those clients will remember you and you'll have great interaction with them and you'll also click with them as humans. And so when you come around later thinking about what your next steps are, you know who the first people you're going to call and reach out to are and text, even if they don't end up being fits, it's going to be those former clients of yours um, who they barely need to interview you and you have a massive leg up on any other opportunity uh, because, because you can come in and say, Hey, you've seen my work. You know my work ethic. You know the quality of person I am. You know I'm going to be additive to your culture. You know I'm going to um, be additive to your bottom line. And and so you put all those together. And now you have those relationships. And so it's I would just tell you like if like go look at Common Thread Collective in particular where the culture is amazing and they're going to treat you great. Um, I, I'm, I'm nobody's 
paying me to say that. Like, like, but go look at CTC's job search. And if you're unsure, go work there. Deal with the pain of it for even a couple years and figure out how to sort through that. Even people who, who decide after not that long, this is not the best opportunity for them, will have learned a ton and be treated great in the process. And, uh, and that's, I mean, that's just uh, an amazing gift to you in the long term of your career. Um, so work in an agency, that's a, uh, a piece of advice for me. I just think it's, it, I just, I didn't know it at the time, but um, that was an incredible gift to me. Uh, number five, um, build a following. Uh, so I'm going to tell you honestly, I instinctively react negatively to platform building as a general rule. Um, I just find it slimy and annoying and the self-promotional aspects are crazy. It's so, I know I'm saying that to you on a podcast where I stand and do monologues and that's the structure of this podcast, but I'm just telling you like that was because somebody told me to. Um, I, I just don't do it. And I think the reason why is that I come from my, my background was in the world of church and I had been a pastor and some of that. So um, I think there's like almost nothing slimier than like than like church people who are like big platform builders in some way. That's uh, also my own cynicism and whatever else at play, but I just find it all so annoying. <laughs> um, it's, I just, you know, in the world of religion, it just feels so gross to be like a big platform builder. So, okay, look, that's just me. Whatever you think of that, that's fine. Okay, but that's, that's my instinctive reaction to it. But I have to tell you that in this process um, and in this kind of thinking, like having built... Um, a following has had so many benefits. For one, same thing, like I said about working in an agency, it gives you relationships, okay? Um, but there's another thing. The way you will build a following, and this is actually what I want to get at more because this is this is where it can be helpful. The way you will build a following is by being helpful to people. That's the reason people will follow you and look at your content. Is If you are consistently helpful, people will follow you and they will look to you for advice and um, and and they will appreciate you. Even if you only have one little area of expertise and that's the only place you try to be helpful because you're pretty early and you're still new, right? Start going and doing that. And, and in fact, even if most of your interactions in social or wherever else are actually inquisitive, like you, you're asking people questions, but you're building relationships and you're starting to make your face known. Um, man, it is so useful. And I'll tell you, um, I think the like podcast scene is getting really saturated. Like, I don't, I don't know who has time for more e-commerce podcasts, but uh, I don't know how you have time for my e-commerce podcast. <laughs> but, um, but uh, Twitter is especially so good. It is. I've, I know I've said this a lot of times, but just hear it again. If you're not an e-commerce Twitter, get on e-commerce Twitter and start interacting. People are friendly and helpful, and I have watched person after person after person after person get hired into jobs they love by having a Twitter following and a Twitter presence. And um, and all of the people who gain those followings are people who are just helpful. They're just good follows and they they um, they provide information that's helpful. Because And then there's this other element of it. It's not just the relationships that you get. It's that when you are helpful, people then, when they go like um, to hire you and they look at you versus other candidates, now you have this giant backlog of content that you've created and that uh, uh, a potential... Um, uh, recruiter, whether it's the CEO of a small brand or you know a, a recruiter from a giant company or whatever, can go and look at your content and uh, versus somebody else and say like, oh man, I can actually kind of get to know this person outside of the sort of weird context of an interview, which is like a contrived 
sometimes useless thing, right? Um, now they can actually say like, here's how this person's brain works. Here's sometimes they've put their work out. Here's the quality of their work, right? So somebody can go look right now on my Twitter feed and see my pinned tweet, which is like, you know, a long thread about Facebook ads um, and can figure out pretty quickly if they think I'm an idiot or not, or if they think I'm smart. And if they think I'm smart, then they can, then they can look at that and go, I want this person's brain in my business, okay? Um, so build a following, be helpful. And, and of course that will benefit you as well because you'll be interacting with really, really smart people who are very generous with their time. I, I've said this before too. I know that Twitter has a reputation for being a nasty place where people are just, you know, having terrible conversations, but e-commerce Twitter at least is just not like that at all. Almost everywhere I look, people are rooting for each other. They're friendly to one another. They're trying to help each other. They're, people have connected me. People I don't even know very well are connecting me with other people they know and saying, hey, maybe this person would be a good fit for you. All that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so those are those, those are those, those five. Um, and I want to end on one last comment. Uh, and this is the most obvious thing, but, um, but it is, it is crucial in this process. And it's, it's, um, it's really obvious. It's something, even if you're not looking for a job right now, you can do right now, get good. A few things I've said, um, lend to this point and reinforce this point. But I, I think it's, I think it's, so easy to miss. Get really good at your job. Um, do what it takes to um, develop skills in your workplace. And and so like there's some obvious things to do, right? Part of that comes with time. It, I, I am just so much more useful to almost any company I go work for today than I was three years ago, you know? And it's not because of my job title. It's because I have three more years of experience. I've seen more stuff. I have more reps under my belt. I, I used to think about like <laughs> this notion of like, man, how am I going to stay relevant as I get older? Um, in, in Especially in a world of like e-commerce or whatever. And that's, I guess, probably still a concern in some way. Um, but what I've come to realize is like, oh, I don't have to stay relevant because the fact that I've literally never used TikTok pretty much, uh, that's probably not great. I probably need to like go do that. But I can solve that problem so fast, right? Like, I can, I can go do that really fast. What I, what is really hard for like a 22 year old who loves TikTok to, uh, to, um, possibly come up with is the years of problems solved that I've worked on. And I haven't even done it for that long. Right. Um, so, um, so experience is part of this and that's, that's a reality of this, but, um, and, and, you know, again, as you sort of know your worth in, in the marketplace, that will come about and you'll, you'll understand that. Um, but there's actually other things you can do here that I just want to encourage you to do. Uh, like I said, when I said get on Twitter, like their people are helpful, get to know them, get to know the people that are helpful and learn from them. Um, there's really smart people who have seen a lot of stuff who are pretty willing to help. You just slide into their DMs and, uh, and, and you know what? People will graciously tell you if they don't have time. Um, you know, if there's people you work with, if there's someone at your work that you think is really, really smart and is, and is, you know, not a total jerk or whatever, right? <clears throat> that person, um, do what you can to get, to get into any meeting that they're in. Just be, just whatever it takes to like learn from them. Watch, notice how they um, carry themselves. Um, ask them follow-up questions after you have a meeting with a client or, or, you know, with a vendor or whatever the case may be with team members. Ask them, hey, why'd you do this? Um, try to be hungry about learning from those people as best as you can. Um, make yourself useful to them <laughs> as well so that they are happy to be helpful. Um, and, and similarly, do everything you can to solicit honest feedback from people. No matter how much you tell people to give honest feedback, 
a lot of times they just don't do it because it's it can be uncomfortable and people are nice, you know? And of course, some of you probably are thinking of your boss right now who like you wish they'd be a little less honest, right? But plenty of you have bosses who are not being totally honest with you. Um, plenty of you have bosses who in, who reflexively are like me, which is a people pleaser. Um, and And so going out of your way to solicit honest feedback about your work and then listen to it, try, you know, try your best to be present with it, uh, especially if you've solicited it and that person has done that, they've given you a real gift. Do what you can to, to learn that. Um, you know, get technical training anywhere you need to. Take courses if you can find good ones. Get an admission if you're a young like um, media buyer growth person. Like, uh, whatever it takes, get good. Because if you are good at your job, you will have opportunities. You have lots and lots of opportunities in this workplace. And that becomes the best hedge against everything from you know, recessions to getting fired by a bad boss to whatever else, right? Like, so get good as much as possible. If you do that, you'll have more opportunities and everything I said uh, up to here becomes easier, quicker, and smoother. So um, above everything else, get good, provide real value when you do that. Oh, another thing about getting good, you'll provide real value to a company and when you leave, they'll be happier to to um, voice their support for you, which will make your next step easier to get or maybe they'll, they'll introduce you to someone or whatever. Um, so... So whatever else you're thinking at the end of the day, do that and it will help you be uh, put yourself in the best opportunity for whatever comes next. So that's it for today. Um, again, still going. I'll, who knows? At some point I'll say whatever my next step is, we'll figure out where this goes in the podcast. In the meantime, I'm, I appreciate you listening so much. Give us a rating, review, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I hope this is some help to you. I hope no matter which, where you are in your career, this is some use to you. Um, if, and if at this point you have not, after hearing me say all of that, still you have not gotten on e-commerce Twitter, get to e-commerce Twitter, DM me, uh, mention me uh, at Andrew J. Ferris so, you, so I can know that you did that because of this show. Um, I, would, uh, I would love to interact with you there and, and um, put you on with some other really good people. So, um, so hope this is some help to you. Hope you've had uh, a great beginning of your year and I'll talk to you soon.